Hello again. Today we're going to be looking at six modern myths about Christianity and Western civilization. I'm Gary Zacharias, and I've gotten another book off my bookshelf. This is a book by Philip Sampson. I've covered it before in one of the other chapters. So the, the idea is that people have developed these stories that they pass around as if they're true, and they're really not. They're full of errors. And so this author is taking a look at what's been said about Western civilization and specifically about Christianity and goes into some of the problems with it. Um, so I'm going to do chapter six just because this is kind of unusual, but uh, I've, I've heard it. It's been out there. It's the idea of witchcraft and witches, and it's called a story of persecution. And it said uh, there's the oppression of women. And the people tell us the story of the witch hunts in the 16th and 17th centuries. They talk about millions of women all over Europe, especially those that are elderly or poor and isolated. They got tortured by the church. They were confessing non-existent crimes. They ended up being burned to death. And uh, he says, you know, this is chapter six. So he's already covered other stories. He said, the idea is that it presents itself as a kind of a history of intolerance. It's the Christians who are always intolerant. There's a powerful church, and it's out to oppress the weak. And he has a quote here, the history of Christianity is the history of persecution. And now this time, instead of scientists being the ones uh, tortured and ruined, the victims this time are going to be women in the millions, in the millions. It says, uh, historians have explained this witch craze. They said, you know, it's religious fanaticism that's done it. It was papal inquisitors and scholastic theologians, and it, it was a reflection of all the religious superstition, all the intolerance. But thank goodness, when the age of reason came, it disappeared. Europe became enlightened. Uh, life was good. So the stories are abounding about uh, in Catholic countries where confessions were done as a product of torture by the Inquisition and in Protestant, especially the Puritan areas like Salem, Massachusetts. I bet you know that story. That there were all these physical convulsions and it was hysteria brought on by repressed Puritan child care or some kind of convulsive egotism, right? Just all this stuff's going on and on. And they said overwhelmingly the number of people who died were women. They were the victims. So that shows that the church doesn't like women. And that's how you ended up with witchcraft and getting rid of witchcraft. And it says, uh, actually, though, here's the, here's the catch. These explanations of what supposedly went on have become more doubtful because scholars have actually spent more time studying witchcraft. And even back in the 1920s, one historian said the belief that witches went into went to the stake in England. He says that was a popular quote, popular and fast grounded, if erroneous opinion of the ignorant. He said that's more like a storybook, and uh, it's not a scholarly view. In fact, the number of witchcraft prosecutions have been exaggerated. We now know the Inquisition actually moderated moderated the situation rather than inciting more violence. So that's what we're going to look at in this chapter. He says, you know, think of it this way. A community is not necessarily being irrational if it acts against witches trying to harm others by magic if you believe that magic or poisons maybe could actually result in actual in, uh, injury. He says, you know, contrary to this orthodox story we get, witchcraft wasn't pri primarily a church matter. And the Inquisition was not the prime mover 
in the prosecution of witches. Well, there goes that, huh? I mean, that's what I always thought. People commonly appeal to magic and witchcraft to explain all sorts of things that were going on, all sorts of tragedies and misfortunes, or maybe to gain power over neighbors. And he says, uh, then you had, the, you had not only these local village affairs, but so there was uh, the power of the state involved. Elizabeth thought that people were trying to kill her because of witchcraft. So let's go into the, some of these stereotypes and uh, these the stories about witches. It says the characters in the story of witch hunters, it says that they're the old, uh, broken, ugly, lonely women living on the margins of society, and they didn't fit into the village life, and they became under suspicion, and they're the accused, scour the Men, uh, powerful men would scour the countryside looking for victims to torture and burn. But these are stereotypes and they're misleading. They've done a study of witchcraft in late 16th century Venice, as an example. How about this? Witches were equally represented in all age groups. It says nearly as many under the age of 25 as over 46 years of age. What about this idea of all witches are ugly? No. And uh, how about this? Most of the people that brought charges were not men. They were women. One uh, historian's even argued that formal tr court trials of witches replaced village trials by ordeal. It was actually better. It, it, it would raise the status of women because it was now a judicial matter rather than just going out and doing something that was superstitious. So there goes some of that. But how many people are involved? Well, we're, we've heard in the last 20, 30 years, uh, the number of deaths are placed in the millions. There have been some that have said over 10 millions, 10 million people died. And he has footnotes for all of this, so I won't take the time to look those up now. So he's not making this up. These are not exaggerations. These are what some people are putting in their scholarly accounts. Um, one person said the number of witches executed in Paris alone was almost infinite. Wow. <laughs> Almost infinite. Hmm. Okay. Uh, another uh, historian said the bishops, had they not been restrained, would have burned all their subjects. Some authors call it a holocaust, or they uh, allude to it as genocide, except they'll spell it G-Y-N-O-C-I-D-E, like gynocide. One person says he has examples of towns or provinces where hundreds of people were executed, as if that was common all across Europe. Now, it says, you know, if this really went on, if this truly had happened, just wiping out village after village, said that would have had a significant uh, role in depleting the population of Europe. But it says these exaggerations occur all the time. Now, he says, all right, let's, let's take a look. Let's see what the statistics are. It says there were people executed in Scotland and Germany and Switzerland and France, some areas, but hardly any in England. And I said that what's weird is the death rate in Italy and Spain was low, and that's where the Inquisition was involved. I think that's really surprising. He takes Essex in England. There were some 80 executions in 100 years leading up to 1645, and that's an average population of about 100,000 people. Now, that was high for England. One historian says, actually, the substantial majority of towns and villages did not experience a single trial over that whole period. So how many are we talking about then? What, what's at least a, a recent estimate? Now, by the way, I, as I do this, I don't want anybody to think that, that I'm trying to downplay the killing of people, innocent people, no matter what 
reason they're coming up with. So, you know, I understand this is awful. This is terrible. This is a blot. This is definitely bad for Christianity. But the point is, it's been extremely exaggerated. So let's take a look. What what are the current estimates now on the number of executions? They said if you take all of Europe, all of North America, something like 150 to 300 people per year, and about three quarters were women. Now what that amounts to, you know, if you're talking about these two or 300 years, it says that amounts to between 40,000 and 100,000 people. They said that is awful. That is terrible. But he says to refer to that as a genocide or a holocaust, that's misleading. He said, frankly, that's really offensive to people who have actually been the victims of genocidal assaults. So 300 people a year said, let's match that up with the standards in the modern world. So well, we always look backward and say, how awful people died being uh, judged as witches. Well, how about this? In the Battle of the Somme in 1916, part of World War I, one million people were killed in five months. 25,000 dead on the first day. What about those extermination camps in Europe during World War II? Six million died. How about Soviet forced labor camps? 15 to 20 million died. How about since World War II? Right? We're supposed to be living in the peaceful times since World War II. Some 80 million people have been killed this century, a high proportion, women and children. So I said, he's being pretty sarcastic here. He says, it takes modern science, organization, and an iron will to achieve all of this. Wow. So the human race has been terrible. Uh, it's got a terrible history. We've been terrible to each other. Uh, one person, an anthropologist, estimated if you go back, think about the Aztecs, the pre-Columbian Aztecs. The suggestion is they probably sacrificed about 15,000 people each year. And that was a smaller population than that of Europe. So it says that would have exceeded the total number of witchcraft executions in less than a decade. Okay, so again, I'm not trying to say it was okay for those people to die, but let's put it in context. And it really bothers me when people exaggerate a terrible event and turn it into something that was not true at all to try to smear an organization like the church or like Christianity. So here's the summary of this part about how many died. The fact is that somewhere, he says, between 90 and 99% of these deaths reported by the witch hunting, they're fictional. They're not true at all. He says there are probably a lot of factors involved, but if you invent a lot of deaths and you attribute it to the church, it says what you're doing is you're evading your own responsibilities for all the slaughter of the 20th century. You just point your finger backwards and say, look how terrible they were. Well, how about us? How terrible have we been? Now, who's the villain of the piece here? If the victims are the uh, poor witches that died, who's the, the villain? It's the church, especially the Inquisition. Can you picture it? People with those dark hoods on and cranking the torture rack and doing all these terrible things. Uh, but listen to this. Recent research has shown that actually, instead of stimulating the persecutions, it was the church, either Catholic or Protestant, had a moderating effect. Wow moderating effect. The Inquisition was a break on lay courts and popular 
uh, zeal. One historian says the mildness of inquisitorial judgments on witchcraft contrasts strikingly with the severity of secular judges throughout Northern Europe. So let me say that one more time in my own way. The Inquisition was far more mild than secular courts and secular judges. So that's where the, the viciousness lay. So as in Southern Europe, the execution rate was low, especially in Italy and Spain. That's where the Inquisition was because they had higher standards of proof that it demanded. That's interesting. So even a hostile person to the Inquisition, one uh, historian says the Spanish Inquisition prosecuted witches rarely in comparison with lay authorities. So where was all the persecution coming from? The secular people. The Inquisition demanded evidence, and then it would investigate the truth of some of the charges. And it was very suspicious of all these fantastic confessions that it uh, heard. So uh, here's a distinguished historian, by the way, Hugh Trevor Roper. He concluded, in general, the established church was opposed to the persecution of witches. Well, that's not what we're hearing today, is it? What about Protestant churches? Well, they're, of course, uh, smeared with the witchcraft trials in Salem, as an example. And it says that that story has been uh, portrayed in books and plays and film. And it's got everything you'd want, bigoted Puritans, uh, all these weird manifestations, executions, poor women that are condemned, and uh, Cotton Mather is implicated. And he's portrayed as some kind of wild-eyed fanatic. You know, he's that Puritan leader that he instigated the whole thing. He was full of bigotry and against women. Says so the only thing you don't get in that story about Salem, you don't get torture and burning at the stake. Well, he says, rather than going into a ton of detail, he says he wants to focus just on Cotton Mather. Now, he was a third-generation minister. He had already published a book on witchcraft in 1689, and he had a lot of skepticism regarding these accusations of witchcraft. And that idea of being a Puritan bigot was a legend. He was actually a fellow of the Royal Society. Catch that, the Royal Society, the scientific group. He was a careful observer. And it's true that 20 people died and Mather could have acted, uh, the author says, probably more decisively, but he did nothing to stimulate the prosecutions, and nor did any of the other ministers. One historian says this, the clergy from beginning to end were the chief opponents to the events at Salem. Cotton Mather was not a wild-eyed fanatic. He was a model of restraint and caution. Uh, the Salem trials, those things, are notorious, not because they were typical, but because they were exceptional. There were not witchcraft trials all over Puritan communities in North America. That was it, the Salem trials. Now, the picture that Puritan preachers are fomenting this stuff all over the place, that's false. What about John Calvin? He's often identified as a witch hunter and uh, that he you know, pushed trials and all. In fact, he wasn't really interested in witchcraft at all. He thought it was a delusion. And he said, the, you don't execute them, you give them the gospel. That'll fix it. The Protestant churches weren't more enthusiastic about witchcraft hunting than the Inquisition. The Reformed Calvinist Church in the Netherlands, for example, encouraged restraints by lay courts when they persecuted the witches. And, they, and the courts there recommended cautioning, uh, maybe an apology uh, that they would be owed. So they brought about reconciliation between the accused and the accuser. That was very common. Well, we don't hear that, do we? All right, um, let me go ahead here. See, part of the problem is this is set in the Dark Ages, right? The Dark Ages, I just love that name. 
uh, medieval world is full of ignorance and it's under the sway of superstition and religion. But this idea, he says, of this dark ages is mythical. And it, it makes modern people pat themselves on the back. They're okay today. It was those terrible dark age people, uh, terrible individuals back then. But the thesis did not end with the Renaissance and Enlightenment. The violence and persecution of the modern world is actually on a scale that far outweighs all the things that went uh, on in the Middle Ages, and uh, especially on women. Uh, it was pretty bad news for them. What about the story of witch hunting? Don't we get the idea of torture chambers? He says torture was used in many judicial proceedings from the 15th century on, and there are some horrible accounts. They're horrible. But recent scholarship has recognized the Inquisition compared favorably with standards of secular justice. It says they were models of moderation and due process. In Protestant countries, uh, torture was used, but the worst excesses occurred when political intrigue was uh, involved. There, this is a quote. There seems not to have been one single occasion where torture of a woman for suspected witchcraft was licensed. Now, they were whipped sometimes to obtain evidence in criminal cases, but that'd be for things like burglary and assault. So there you go. There are some of the things that kind of pop a balloon, don't they? This bubble of uh, what went on uh, against Christianity and against Western civilization in general regarding this uh, dealing of witches. And, of course, again, one more time, it's terrible that that happened at all, and it shows how broken the human race is and how much we need salvation from the outside. We're not saving ourselves. We're doing terrible things to each other. But we can't allow Christianity to be tarred by something that's absolutely an exaggeration and a falsehood. All right, well, thanks, and uh, talk to you again soon.